the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Back on the Bruce Hooley Show from the Patriot Switch Studios. Go to PatriotSwitch.com, click on Bruce Hooley in the down menu. Find out how you can be intentional with your shopping dollars and take it away from woke corporations. And if you are anti-woke, you are going to love my next guest. And I'm a big, big fan of this gentleman, his work at the Daily Wire, his books. And you'll get the chance, we'll all get the chance, to uh, sample his abilities as a playwright, as he is the uh, writer behind The Uncanny, which will be performed at the Abbey Theater in Dublin Coming up May 20th and 21st, then Sunday afternoon matinee on the 22nd, and the following weekend as well. He's Andrew Clavin of The Daily Wire. And, Andrew, thanks for your time today. Great to be here, Bruce. Thanks. So have you ever been to Dublin, Ohio? I, You know, I've spent actually a, quite a bit of time in Ohio. My brother went to Kenyon, and uh, when I was very young, many, many centuries ago, I had a girlfriend uh, right in Richmond, Indiana. We used to cross over into Ohio all the time. Well, I know there are a lot of people who are excited about you coming, and you're kind enough on the performance on Saturday night, the 21st of May, 7.30 at the Abbey Theater. You're going to do an audience Q&A after the performance of The Uncanny. It's being performed by the actors at Stage Right Theatrics and our good friend Robert Cooperman. And it's really kind of interesting, I think, what Mr. Cooperman does in putting out conservative content via plays. So tell us a little bit about The Uncanny and what your inspiration for it was. Well, The Uncanny, it's based on a novel of mine, but it's really, really different. And Because at the core of the novel, it kind of gets lost in a, a bigger plot, is this cool idea of a series of ghost stories that hold the clue to a present mystery. So these ghost stories have been written over centuries. Buried in this ghost story is a clue to something that's happened now, and it's really different. I've I've never seen anyone do it before, so I'm very excited about it. You know, you've talked before on your podcast at The Daily Wire, The Andrew Clavin Show, about how your career changed when people in Hollywood became aware that you were conservative. So you obviously have carved out a wonderful career for yourself and have a very loyal audience with your content now, but... How difficult is it for people who don't have your profile, your long history of success, how difficult is it for them to find avenues for content like this, and how, do you, how unique do you think it is what uh, they do at Stage Right Theatrics? Well, you're very kind to say my Hollywood career changed when my politics became known, because it ended, uh, basically, <laughs> and it ended uh, on the spot as soon as uh, it became known that I was a conservative. Uh, I stopped getting hired from a very, you know, a career that was going quite well in Hollywood. Uh, and, and so it's it's really tough. And the fact that uh, Robert Cooperman is doing this is is huge. I mean, it, it's so hard uh, to. It has been a long journey to try and help uh, conservatives, and I would just call them traditionalists or patriots or whatever you want to call them. People who believe in the Constitution, believe in America, believe in freedom. Uh, it's so hard to convince them that so much of what we want to accomplish has to be accomplished in the culture, uh, not at the ballot box. Of course, you have to win elections. Of course, you be, have to be in politics. But it's culture that makes people think of new things, and it makes, it's what touches their emotions. It's what changes their mind. If, if you think that 
left doesn't understand this. And why do you think that they would blacklist people the minute uh, any sign that they're unwoke uh, comes to the surface? Why do you think people lose their jobs in Hollywood? Big stars, you know, like uh, Kevin Hartman, who's going to host the Oscar, and have to stand down because he made some unwoke comments when he was a kid. Uh, they, they know, they protect this culture uh, by force of arms, basically. They have got the culture ringed off, movies, publishing, plays, all of it. And, and so it's so important that we start to build our own devices. They're doing it at the Daily Wire. Uh, Cooperman's been doing it in Ohio. It's just a- a- amazingly important because uh, there are a lot of talented artists out there and a lot of people who have been working a long time who just think, hey, you know what, I, 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 don't, I don't hate my opponents on the other side, but they're wrong. They're wrong. And I think that there's another worldview, another way to look at the world, and it's not always about who you vote for. A lot of times it's just how you see things. And so I just think it's so important that conservatives support the culture, uh, that they actually put their money where their mouths are. They don't just uh, complain about this Hollywood movie and that Hollywood movie, but they get out and support the artists who are doing work that's inspired uh, by they. Andrew Clavin is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Clavin, K-L-A-V-A-N. I've been longing to say this. There are no E's in Clavin. And uh, the host of The Andrew Clavin Show on thedailywire.com. I'm a member. I've been a member for a long time. It's definitely worth the price. You get great news aggregated for you there. Great podcast with Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, Ben Shapiro, and Andrew and Candace Owens, of course. So Andrew is the uh, writer of The Uncanny, a play that will be performed at the Abbey Theater of Dublin. Friday and Saturday, May 20th and 21st at 7.30. Sunday at 1.30, May 22nd. The Saturday night show, Andrew will be attending, and he'll have a post-play conversation with you, the audience. You can also watch it online. Google Stage Right Theatrics and find it, or the website is conservativefestivaloh.com. You know, Andrew uh, written a best-selling book right now called uh, The Truth and Beauty, and as a fan of your work, you've talked a lot. You're very open about your journey from being a secular Jew to becoming a Christian. Is there any spiritual content in The Uncanny? There definitely is. I mean, The Uncanny, the whole thing, I, I, I have loved ghost stories all my life, and one of the reasons I love ghost stories is that working not by kind of horrific uh, scares, but by that slight chill that you get from a ghost story, they make you aware that there's another level to life, and that's why it's called the uncanny. It's not just about uh, ghosts, you know, people in sheets going blue. It's about this this quest that this guy is on to figure out if there is something beyond this life that we live. And so it's got a very a real underpinning of spiritual search. Uh, and, and of just kind of questioning, uh, because it's a, a work of art, it doesn't come down and hit you on the head and say, this is the truth, and that's, or that's the truth. But it is about a guy who, for reasons of his own, has become clear in the play, is, is searching through ghost stories uh, to see if there's just another level to life beyond the one we know. You wrote about your journey from uh, you know, the way you were brought up to becoming, uh, having faith in Christ in the book, The Great Good Thing. Tell us about your inspiration for The Truth and Beauty. It's doing very well. You've said you're surprised at how well it's doing. Why? (laughs) Well, I'm shocked because it's such an offbeat idea. I didn't even actually believe I was going to be able to sell it. There was only one editor in the country. Uh, I thought we'd buy it, and he bought it. And now it's a bestseller, which I just think is so gratifying. And the reason is this. It's it's, it's kind of a, a record of an experiment I did to try and get to know Christ better as a person, to try and see the world through his eyes, because I kind of realized that 
know somebody and you know somebody that you love, you don't really think about their philosophy of life. Like I, if you ask me what my wife's philosophy of life is, I couldn't tell you. But I would tell, I could tell you what she likes and what makes her laugh and what she doesn't like and what she approves of and doesn't approve because I know her, you know. And so I wanted to get to know Jesus a little bit that way, if it was possible. And what I found when I read the Bible that way, a very different way of reading it uh, than theologically or looking for uh, inspiration. When I read it that way, the words that kept coming back to me were words of poetry. Some of my favorite poets, the romantic poets, guys like William Wordsworth and Coleridge and John Keats, they kept coming back to me, and I sort of started to explore that idea. And as I did, I realized that when you read these poets, they can crack open the words of Jesus in a new way. Uh, they don't change what he says, obviously. They just give it to you in a, a very direct, modern way. And you start to say, oh, this is who this guy was. You know, obviously you can't really uh, know him to the, the great depths that he has, but you can start to know him so that he travels with you in life. And it was so powerful an experience to me that I wanted to see if I could bring that experience to other people. And what you say, I, I thought, well, that's a weird idea, because most people don't read poetry, and I didn't <laughs> write it for people who read poetry. I, I wrote it for people who are just interested in this idea. So I kind of thought, well, maybe someone will buy it, or maybe I'll publish it myself, or maybe they'll sell a few copies. And now it's on the USA Today bestseller list, and it just got on PW's religious list, and, and, and other Christian publishers bestseller list. So it's been very exciting, especially... When I see the reviews uh, I get on Amazon and the people who are emailing me, they're, they're very emotional. It's not, it's not a book of academic you know, literary criticism. It's a book about trying to get to know, to learn the Gospels in a more personal way, and people are responding uh, to it like that. It's, inc- it's been incredibly gratifying. Andrew Clavin is our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Andrew Clavin, K-L-A-V-A-N, and listen to The Andrew Clavin Show on The Daily Wire and all podcast platforms. A new episode drops every Friday. I always look forward to it. I always look forward to laughing during your satirical monologue. As a writer myself, I've written a couple books, and I just wonder the process you go through to create the monologue and the start of your podcast. Are they things that come to you easily? Are they things where you just think, well, what's the news of the week? What's the most absurd thing I can say about that in the most deadpan way? How do those come together for you? What's the creative process? Fortunately for me, our leaders are such a gormless bunch of fools that it's kind of easy to come up with the funny things to say about them. Our, our politicians are kind of clowns right now, and it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of easy to, uh, to write funny things about them. But I will tell you this. I, just, I used to do the show four days a week, and I had to write one of these every single day, and it was the single hardest thing I had ever done. But now I'm doing a show once a week, and so it's a little easier, but it's still one of the hardest chores because they've got to really sing. They've got to really be funny. You really have to work to make it happen. So it is, I, I won't lie. It's a, it's a real task, uh, but I love doing it. As we go to break, and Andrew will be back with us in our next segment, here's a sample of the monologue from Andrew's latest podcast, Will Leftism Die If Babies Live? The news of the week can be difficult to understand if we look at it from only one side. For instance, we at The Andrew Clavin Show sometimes fail to consider the ideas of left-wingers simply because they're violent, baby-killing, pervert groomers who lie about everything and then try to silence the truth to keep themselves from being found out. But there are good things about progressivism, too. For instance, it could happen to someone you don't like and screw up their lives for a change. So every now and then, to make sure we're seeing the week's events from both sides, I like to get inside the mind of a leftist, shoving an alien probe and running it up to his brain until we have a better understanding of what makes him tick and ruin everything. 
are back on the Bruce Hooley Show, and we are back with Andrew Claven of The Daily Wire and the playwright who authored The Uncanny, which will be performed next weekend and the weekend after at the Abbey Theater in Dublin with Stage Right Theatrics. Andrew will be there on May the 21st. You can go and attend the production and ask him questions afterward. And to pick up our conversation, Andrew, we were talking about The Daily Wire's move from California to Nashville. And it caught all of us by surprise, but I'm sure there were internal discussions. Did it catch you guys by surprise? It was sudden, but it wasn't unexpected. L.A. was sinking into the sea and still is. It was becoming unlivable. It was becoming hostile as a, as a business environment. Ben Shapiro just said, you know, I can't raise my family here anymore. And so once, once he said that, there was no reason for any of us to stay. At that point... Uh, Jeremy Boring, uh, you know, he started looking around the country at places that would be more friendly to us, but we didn't want to be cut off from the big cultural centers. And Nashville was perfect for us. And it's a lovely town. The people have been so friendly and so welcoming. And it's kind of fun to not be in a town where people hate us. And Nashville is growing by leaps and bounds, and virtually everybody who's moving there is from Los Angeles. Uh, they're just getting off the sinking ship, and I don't blame them. Yeah, well, hopefully they don't bring their politics with them, as they appear to have done <laughs> in Arizona. You know, you're allowed in, but yeah. leave the other, leave the blue stuff behind. <laughs> Andrew Clavin yeah, is our guest. Smart. I really respect your opinions on politics. I don't think you're a conservative who's so enslaved to the ideology that you can't see flaws in some of the people who are parts of the movement. And so I'd really be interested to get your perspective on 2024. The Biden ineptitude in all phases, to me, reminds me, and I was very young and you were too, in 1980 when Carter was president, but it's similar to that. And the Carter presidency begat three straight Republican presidents and overwhelming Reagan victories in 84 and 88. I don't know we'll ever get to that now because people are rooting for laundry. You're either wearing the red or you're wearing the blue. And I don't know that we can just look and evaluate a candidate anymore like Reagan asked people to evaluate Carter a week before the election in 1984. And his simple question was, are you better off now than you were four years ago? I don't know that we can get to that just cognitive awareness of, hey, things are bad. I'm going to vote for the other side. Well, we've got a press now that's far more corrupt uh, than it was. Uh, there's a theory uh, that I've heard many journalists express that it was, in fact, the election of Reagan uh, that made – the media say to themselves, we'll never let that happen again. And the left has done nothing since the invention of the Internet but try and knock conservative voices off it. Uh, I think they're failing. I think that it's not going to work. I think they're making fools of themselves, and I think they're making themselves look bad. Uh, so they've given us an opening, as they often do when they get power, because they're so extreme, and they, everything they touch goes bad, so that it, it always leaves this opening for Republicans and conservatives to, to get back into power. When you ask about 2024, when, when I first saw Donald Trump, I, I didn't like him at all. And then I thought he had an excellent presidency until COVID hit. And I thought he mishandled that in some ways and in other ways did a great job. But I think that he was an essential president. I think he woke the, the Republicans up. I think he helped us to understand that the cultural war is the war. We start to hear the left squealing now as we fight back on so many different levels that we weren't fighting back before. And all of that is Donald Trump. Having said that, I think it's time for him to pass the mantle. And the reason, the reason is this. One of the things that people liked about Donald Trump was that he wasn't a politician. But being a politician is a profession and it's a skill, and you have to know how to do it. And the 
time has come now for somebody like Ron DeSantis, who has learned by watching Trump, but is much more of a statesman and much more of a guy who understands the ins and outs of policy than Trump was. And I know people are loyal to Trump, and I know, know they love him, but sometimes in politics, you just got to be down to earth and realistic. And I think that DeSantis is less alienating to the center, which I think is important. He's more presentable. He's better behaved. And he also understands how to get laws passed. You know? And this is one of the things that both you know, Obama and Trump and Biden didn't do. All these executive orders, I think, are damaging to the country. Uh, they come and they go, and nobody can count on what's happening. I think you need to know how to wrangle the cats in Congress and how to get them to go along and pass laws so that we can start to change the culture of this country back to one of freedom. And so I'm kind of hoping that Trump will find it in himself. I know this is a big ask from a guy like that. He's a big ego, but I think I'm, I'm hoping he will find it in himself to uh, acknowledge that he had his moment. He did great things in that moment, and now it's time to pass the mantle on to somebody who has learned from him but can do the job in a more professional way. Andrew Clavin, our guest. Your analysis is brilliant because it agrees 100% with my own. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, I, uh, your friend, I know, Seb Gorka, and my fellow Salem host, says that he doesn't want DeSantis because he's a politician, and that's exactly why I do want him, which is what you yeah. said. I think he knows not only what to say, but what not to say and how not to say it. So I think that's why he would be great. But you and I both know he would be portrayed in the media as worse than Trump. I got the chance to speak at the Trump rally a couple weeks ago here in Ohio, and I must thank you because the inspiration for my speech is something that I heard on your podcast a while back that I've never forgotten. I researched it, and it's a quote that I draw on frequently here on the show. It's a G.K. Chesterton quote. A nation disintegrates when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious. So I've learned a lot from your podcast, and that is one thing that I must credit you for bringing across my realization, because I find that quote to be extremely, extremely insightful. Yeah, well, there's no question that uh, a portion of our country has lost the sight of what is obvious, but it's a very small portion, very loud, very tough, very politically savvy they have uh, infiltrated corporations, the university, Hollywood, uh, every institution, and they have made it difficult for people to speak up against them. And so that's, that's the, the fix that we're in is a very small sliver of America. It's, it's probably under 10 percent uh, who believe these extreme things uh, is, is driving the car. And I think that they need to be overturned at the ballot box, and I think they need to be overturned in the culture. Uh, I think we all of us have to find the courage, and it will take courage, to stand up to them and say no. I mean, you know, this. <laughs> I, I want everybody to do well in America, and I want everybody to be free. And if you don't want to live your life the way I think you should live your life, I want you to be free to make that decision. Uh, but, but I will not be told that, that uh, up is down and down is up. And uh, I will not be told that men or women can suddenly change their sex. I'm not going to be sold on a, a mentally ill version of reality uh, because it's bad. It's bad for everybody. It's bad for every single person to live outside of reality. Reality is, should be what guides us and the, thing, the atmosphere in which we act. And the left has just left that station way, way behind. Andrew Claven is our guest. Kind of him to join us from Nashville, home of The Daily Wire. His podcast, The Andrew Claven Show, airs on The Daily Wire and all podcast platforms. You can attend the play The Uncanny, which uh, Andrew wrote. It is at the Abbey Theater in Dublin on Post Road next weekend, the 20th and 21st at 7.30. He, Andrew, will be at the 21st performance. He'll answer your questions afterward from the Abbey Theater. Andrew, thanks so much for what you do and uh, for the inspiration that you offer to me and a lot of other people. I really enjoy your work, and I very much enjoyed our conversation. 
Oh, thanks very much. I really appreciate you having me on. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.